Well, hello everybody. We're live a few minutes early, but two minutes early ain't gonna kill people. Uh, welcome, welcome to, to Alanda. Fuck this. Welcome to the podcast. Um, I am joined by uh, Jess and uh, someone else. I can't remember their name. This, this random asshole. I don't know. Um, hey. So this week we're gonna do a little bit of a unique topic in terms of what we have been covering in the past, and that's Linux. Just in general. Um, so, I suppose the first thing we should do is just for the uninitiated, what the hell is Linux? Okay, hold on. Let me go back in our DMs here. Because I don't... I don't. Uh, while he's doing that, I might as well explain how we came across this. Linux! Never mind that. You go first. I got it right here! A Linux distribution, often abbreviated as distro, it is an operating system made from a software collection that includes the Linux kernel and often a package management system. Linux users usually obtain their operating system by downloading one of the Linux distributions, which are available for a wide variety of systems ranging from embedded devices to personal computers to powerful supercomputers. A typical Linux distribution comprises a Linux kernel, the GNU tools and utility, the GNU tools and libraries. I swear to God, I'm fucking, I can't read. Additional software documentation, a Windows system, the most common being the X Windows system, or more recently Wayland, a window management manager in a desktop environment. Also, the included software is free and open source. Made available both as compiled binaries, or you can just compile it from its own source code. Applying modifications to the original software. And Usual Linux distributions optionally include some proprietary software that may not be available in source code source code form, such as binary blobs required for some device drivers, like your Wi-Fi cards and all that shit. So, one thing I will say, like. I don't know if uh, mate. I, I don't know if I could call him by his name or. Oh, it don't fucking matter. So it really if, don't matter. I don't know if Mason's used Linux at all. Um, no, I thought about it, but I need I need uh, one of my programs. Uh, it would literally destroy my hardware. There would be no reason for me to even have part of my hardware. I have a Go XLR. And I can't use it if I have Linux. So um, I decided I'd keep my my Windows for now, and I just lightweighted it. And then there's me that's got two computers. I've got a Windows machine for my programming and gaming, and then a personal Linux computer that is currently running Void Linux. So for people that are like, well, how old is Linux? It's been around since probably the late '80s, early '90s. Um, uh, I think the I think the Linux kernel, which is the like the main piece of Linux, it's why it's always initialized as GNU slash Linux, because GNU was looking to make their own operating system. They were famously run by I think their I think their owners uh, Richard Stallman, and so they had their they wanted to make their own operating system, and they were like. 90% of the way there, but they're missing a kernel. 
Well, that was in 1989. It was in only two years. Then suddenly, in came Linus Torvalds with the Linux kernel, and they asked him to they asked him to use it, and they cooperated. And well, here we are today. So, really, what are the benefits of using Linux? It, it is a lot lighter weight, so you can run it on you can run it on that old computer that maybe it's starting to really get slow with Windows. You could get rid of Windows, run Linux, and the computer would feel like it's running like it was the day you pulled it out of the box. It's also, for the people who care, you know, it's a lot more friendly towards the privacy and security aspect of things. And I can say this because the reason I'm asking, like, what what are the benefits? Because there are people that are like, well, why would I want to use it? You know, um, but there are different perspectives you can take as well um, to this as well. If you're a programmer, there are programmers that actually use certain Linux distributions. Um, it all depends on the language that you're using. If there's, if you're working with say C sharp and you don't want to spend, I think it was like one or $200 on JetBrains a year. Um, your best bet would be an Ubuntu or Debian based, uh, Linux distro because Modern Develop has famously only worked on um, Ubuntu-based systems like or um, distros like Mint, uh, of course Ubuntu or Ubuntu, <laughs> Winbuntu because holy cow! Um, I still I still don't know what's worse in terms of Waltware if it's uh, that Slackware. Um, Okay, no, okay. Slackware is one that you're not really intended to go with the defaults. But if you go with the defaults, there's a bunch of bloatware. Yeah, they have like all the software they would package along with their ISO inside of it. Um but with... like that's why they, that's why they very much prompt you to go through the package selector and select all the packages you would need. And then you could install more later if you needed them. And then with Ubuntu, you can do the minimal installation, which is literally just the operating system. It's and basically just Ubuntu with an X Windows system and a few basic utilities. Um, and like the most common, like when you hear like what operating system or what distro should I use, it all depends on the use case. I think um, if you want. A personal, like a minimalist install, I would probably suggest Void or Arch. Go for Arch if it's your first time doing some kind of a Linux install. Very much so. Um, but if if you've had experience, I would highly recommend uh, Void. Oh, really? Anything minimalist, really? Because, I mean, a guy could even go for something like Gentoo if he's willing to take the time to compile all, most of his software. Yeah, I, I, I had been... It's been recommended... Uh, to me to try out Gen 2. Um, and honestly, I would just spin up a VM. That's probably what I'm going to end up doing just to see what, you know, what's, uh, what all the talk is about it. And then, of course, if you want to create your own Linux distro, which you can. There's a few ways to do it. There are a few ways to do it. Uh, one that I'm going to probably going to take the time to do is LFS or Linux from scratch. Yeah, because you know, all uh, Jordan here, he's a bit of a masochist. <laughs> I am not a masochist. 
Let, let, let me put it like this before you basically just say just so that you have an idea. So with Gen yeah. 2, how I'm saying that you have to compile most of your software is because you there, there are some things that are pre-packaged that they give you. Yeah, Linux from scratch. You are straight taking this bitch. You need a second system in order to install it because you are going to literally cross-compile everything until the point of where it can be its own standalone thing, and then you are to compile literally the entire operating system. Yep. You need a compiler to compile. So if you don't have a good CPU, it's going to take a long fucking time. That's why I think... Uh, that's so if you don't have my a PC like mine, it's going to take forever. Hey, you don't need anything crazy, but... Well, one thing that I was... I'm saying what you should probably want is like a quad core or more. I wouldn't recommend doing it on a... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. So you're saying I don't need a i9 to do it? I would just make it your job a lot faster. Um, one thing that I will recommend uh, just by going through LFS is I wouldn't necessarily go and use a virtual machine per se. I, I yeah, really... that's why I think it's I think I've heard it's best to kind of do bare metal. Yeah, so I think this desktop down here will become my uh, LFS machine. As if you were buy a fucking air cooler for the thing. Yeah. Um. What else? So, really, the original topic was Linux gaming, but then I'm just like, fuck, let's talk about Linux in general. So, Jess, what... What is, from your perspective, what would you recommend as a very first Linux operating system for someone to try? Literally be like what the mainstream guys tell you. Run something like Ubuntu or Linux Mint or something simple, or like elementary OS or something simple. Okay. <laughs> With Ubuntu, I don't really recommend going for mainline if you want to kind of stick to Windows feeling. Because the GNOME desktop environment is just not, not that good. I was going to say, uh, if you want something more akin to a Windows environment, Linux Mint is the way that I would recommend. You've got about four options that I can immediately think off the top of my head. I would give you a Windows-like experience for desktop environments, which are just you know how you interact with your Linux system at a graphical level. Um, I would either, like I'll just do them off of the uh, Ubuntu like flavors, like the, the it's the different versions of Ubuntu that are built by different teams. Because mm -hmm. you either have Kubuntu with KDE, where KDE is kind of the nicest of the bunch. It's the most modern, the most tweakable to make it completely customized. You've got Mate, which feels a little bit if you're a little bit more into kind of like older Windows, like Windows Seven and before type layouts. Same with XFCE. Well, they recently did add a dock to the thing, so it kind of makes it feel like a weird blend of like Windows, like at like Windows ninety eight and fucking Mac in some way. Like it's really weird. Um, They're not trying to add any transparency or blur effects. It's literally just basics. Um, what's another thing? Um, so I guess the next thing I could ask is. Oh, yeah. I should continue my other two desktop environments. You got something like, um, I said Mate. 
Then there's cinnamon, which I don't think is a default flavor of Ubuntu. I think there is a version for it somewhere, but it's made by like a third part, total third party team. And we we do want to point out that uh, Linux, in case nobody missed or somebody missed this, Linux is open source. Um, that's probably one of the bigger. I, I don't know. I think of it as an That's not really the bigger but, draw, but I, at I, least for most. For for some it might be. I don't know. For me, I was just... You know, for some it is. Like my like myself, that's kind of why I wanted to run Linux because I'm really into open source software and I want to just like, really see what it's like to run Linux and well, here I am. Um, I'll tell you, like my first run-in that I can remember with Linux was my first year in college second semester we did c plus plus from the command line and a word of, a word of message uh jordan does not recommend it doing it that way no <laughs> there are much better ways so for a little bit of background the pc that's behind me actually used to run windows uh because their programming norm is you use Windows because most everything is compatible. Um, which we'll get into that in a little bit with Linux. But my instructor literally had us download VM or uh, VirtualBox, get a Linux Mint ISO, set it up, and we would program through that that operating system. I don't recommend it because there are much, much easier ways to do it, especially if you're running Windows because Visual Studio has support for C++ development. And I can go on about this for a few hours, but um, speaking of compatibility, um, there are some things you do need to look out for uh, with Linux, and that is really compatibility. Um, That's mostly in your graphics cards. Or in uh, Wi-Fi cards. Those are your two big worries. And then, if you want to, like, let's say you want to use Linux for gaming, there are actually a few resources you can use to check to see if your the game is compatible with Linux. There might be one or two resources, but... Uh, uh, well, Google, Google just in general, because you can find, I'm sure, different websites. But if you're somebody who's just kind of a casual gamer and games through Steam... Uh, protondb.com because Proton is like the compatibility layer in between Linux and Steam and, and fun fact that's Steam, awesome uh, fun fact Steam OS is actually a Linux distribution yep um, yeah I think you told me that Jesse what the uh, Steam, Steam OS thing yeah oh yeah Speaking of Steam, well, more Valve, um, but this made me think of a news story that I saw today, kind of unrelated, but still kind of interesting. Steam is actually interested in bringing Game Pass, or interested in helping Microsoft bringing, or bringing Game Pass to PC. Or Do you want to help me explain this, Jess? I'm having an off day today. So the so basically is like PC Game Pass, you know what what they had running for Xbox onto the PC. Yeah. Their, Valve is a 
totally open. The ball is completely in Microsoft's court. That Valve's like, yo, if you guys want to sit and like go full on at freaking PC Game Pass over to Linux, we're all in to help you. And that's actually interesting. Um, I think it's fascinating. But something that I will say for like, I I don't know if it'll happen within the next year or two. You never know. But like you just said, you don't know. We don't know. There may be talks. Who knows? Microsoft tends to be ones where they can kind of throw a curveball. They're not like Sony. And they're like- Microsoft is a company where they're very secretive till the last minute. Yeah, then they're basically just slamming their dicks on the table. It's yeah. like, hey, look at... Hey, check this out. We, yeah. We did this. Um, also, check this fucking shit out. <laughs> so, Whoa, nice cock. Good lord. Yeah. What the hell? So You're welcome. What are... <laughs> what, what would you say are some drawbacks of using Linux as, a, as an operating system, Jess? If you don't have time to fix certain things, it is not a great thing. And it's also, if you're somebody who uses, like, very specific software, like the Adobe Suite, it's not for you as well. Um, but nothing does stop you if you have a desktop PC with multiple hard drives. If you don't use one of your hard drives, give it a format and boot Linux onto it. And then just play Linux when you're bored. And... Maybe you, know, maybe you unexpectedly got the day off thanks to a freak snowstorm. Yeah, that'll never happen with our job. <laughs> I, well, yeah. <laughs> I'm, talking like, I'm talking like down south where like a half an inch of snow falls and the whole state's on code red fucking lockdown. But um, <laughs> one of the drawbacks that well, it all depends on the distribution what the drawbacks are. There are certain um, distros that probably have pros and cons. I would say with Arch, you de- well, when I got on Arch Linux for the time that I was running it, it wasn't very developer friendly in my opinion. Well, yeah, because you uh, just that's a use case. The use case there was you wanted to run some development software and it just wasn't compatible. Yeah, no. Uh, you, for whatever reason. I tried to install MonoDevelop, which is basically Visual Studio for uh, Linux, because VS Code just doesn't have all the features. But it's for very specific languages. I could get into it because I'm just never mind. I'll talk about that later. Um, one of the things that Jesse told me was update your system once a week. And that's the thing with a rolling release distribution like that. And I might as well make this point too: is that you know you got two different styles of distributions. You got your uh, like, uh, like I don't remember exactly exact terminology, but I was calling point to point releases, where it's all like Windows. You know, they just roll out an update here and there. Whereas with rolling release, you're constantly up on like a bit of a rolling edge to where you have kind of have the most up to date software, always. But one. One. So long as you run an update, you have up to you have up to date software every single time you update. I was gonna say, um, one of the drawbacks in using a rolling release is though, for me at least, is the danger of somebody like with Arch, the Arch user repositories, somebody could just inject a 
some bad code and it could fuck your entire system. That's the that's the reality of software in general. Sorry yeah, to burst your bubble. Yeah, yeah, that's not just in the Linux sphere with the AUR. I mean, but that's just Windows. Okay, okay. Don't Windows talk has had the to same me like issues. I, okay, shut up. Let me speak. Don't talk to me like I don't know about that. I'm just saying. At least when Windows would roll out an update, you would know the update may not necessarily bork your entire fucking system. Uh, wrong. Okay, explain. Uh, my PC is a prime fucking example. Which hey, one? Windows oh, needs oh, to oh. update. Windows needs to update. Okay, I'll update it. Update failed. We couldn't run a certain fucking long string of bullshit. You, if you try and research, you're not gonna find jack shit about it. And the one dumb motherfucker who fucking posted about it, the only person that posted a response was the guy with, "I'm having that problem too." That's I have no idea what you said, but it sounded amazing. It's the it's, same oh thing. my god, I just... When you look up an issue, there's always... Windows a... update, can, you can literally roll a fucking update, and it'll just blue screen your ass. But then, You yeah. cannot get away from bad updates. I'm going to say this, though, too. At the same portion, at the same time, whenever you look up an issue in... Let's say you're having an issue in Linux where you couldn't install a certain package or you couldn't, you know, run an update because of a certain error message, right? You try to look at that specific issue and it's, well, I had that same problem too. Yeah. um, The other night, we're going to talk about this. uh, Jess and I are both running Void again. I was running Mint for about two weeks um, and then I switched to Void today. Uh, we were going to play golf with your friends the other night. Do you want to go into, like, what <coughs> exactly happened? Because I'm still not 100% sure. Essentially, uh, something in my graphics driver, I'm pretty sure. I just didn't agree with Steam, and Steam was just, like, black screen. And that's it. The one, like, before he even, like, reinstalled Steam... He got it to launch, but it was running at uh, basically one to two frames a second. It was literally running at slideshow. Um, and he would he he did his research. He's like, well, "What's going on here? I had this problem too." He's like, "Oh, really, smartass? Why, thanks." <laughs> but like, software, just software development in general. Going back to that, I have had that issue where. I couldn't push something to GitHub. I was working on something the other day, um, and there was a merge conflict because allegedly, I'm saying allegedly because I couldn't find it in the file, like in the file hierarchy, there was a second program file. Don't know where, but it was there, and it caused a merge conflict. So imagine... Oh fuck! I would never want to do rolling, a rolling software release. Um, but the joys of you know, software development is there are several stages. You know, you develop the software, test the code, push it out to a select group of users for user acceptance, acceptance testing. 
and then if it works fine it would go out to the general public but if it doesn't it would go back to okay what's wrong you would get feedback from it and then based on that feedback you would fix whatever needed to be fixed or add whatever people felt like was missing if you had time you know what I mean yeah so when I hear like that's the the thing with software engineering or just in general is one bad update could fuck everything over I know that I know that from experience and boy howdy was I upset when um the other day, actually, I was working on a Unreal project. It won't build anymore. I can't package, like, I can't create a build. I will click on a an operating system to build the, um, the files out into the game. And I got a weird error with a configuration file. And I'm like, I'm not going to fuck it over because... Believe it or not, if you fuck one thing over, it could fuck everything else over, and it's a mess. Um, but anyway, back to uh, Linux. Um, fuck. What are... Hmm. Well, if pe Okay, so let me ask you this question. Let's say somebody's like, well, I want something akin to Microsoft Office. Like that Office suite of software what are you have a few options there so um i can make a couple of stagnant like recommend i can make one recommendation that i've used myself and that's LibreOffice. works fine enough unless you want to do like really like really nitty-gritty like very specific microsoft office functions but even then, I think there's a couple of, this is like another Office suite or stuff out there that actually does a lot better job of actually emulating the Microsoft Office experience. And that would um, be me. If, anybody, if you're interested in actually just watching a video, you head on over to the, um, what's the YouTube channel? The Linux Experiment. And he's got a video of like, the, like top five Office suites for Linux or something like that. I was going to say too, if you really can't, if you really miss Microsoft Office, they do have online, I, I don't know how limited it is, but they, that suite of tools is available in an online option as well. If you really miss Microsoft Office. I, I do think, I want to say it's like only Office or something like that. Um, that actually makes for a decent replacement. But um, something that always kind of strikes me as interesting is I was doing my research into Linux because I was just kind of like I want to learn more about the operating system and that's how I got the idea of Linux from scratch or like doing that instead of like just watching videos because I like doing things and I like to learn so I was doing a little bit of research and it's like it's interesting to see like what the oldest distributions are which 
I believe Slackware, I'm, I'm hoping I said it right. Is it Slack or Slackware? I want to be sure. Slack. S-L-A-C-K. Slack is... They're the oldest, the, the, the oldest active Linux distribution. And it kind of surprised me that Debian's only been around for, what, 10, 20 years? Maybe. I think it's closer to twenty. I think it was like the early to mid, early, early to no, mid to late nineties. It kind of like that kind of got me a little bit, but it's also. I feel like it's one of the most recommended starter. It's one of the it's one of the most synonymously known, um, like distributions out there because Debian's kind of the granddaddy to a lot of Linux distributions. And okay, one speaking of Debian, um, it has a unique quirk that I think we've had to work around in the past, and that's the pseudoers list. Could you explain? That's just, I think that's actually how it used to go. Like, you used to have to do it that way rather than just using user mod. That, oh boy. I, okay. So in in Linux, there are a few with with Arch. I'm gonna specifically pinpoint Arch. Um, when I got started, I was using a TTY. What is what exactly is TTY? The way to think about it basically is that it's the most basic command line that you can drop onto in a Linux system. So say that your graphical environment totally freezes and just does not respond. I think There's a fair bet to say that your, your system is still responding. All you need to do is hit Control-Alt and one of your F keys, and it'll bring you up to a command line window where it's just literally a, it's a console. Literally just, it's baked in. There's just a different instances of it. You know, for different reasons, for, you know, for many reasons. But it allows you to drop down, do some maintenance, kill your X server or whatever, restart it, and then you'll be back to work without having to reboot your PC. I was going to say, like, I think that happened to me one time where it's like the graphical. Uh, I've had it happen once or twice. Did that ever? I think that happened to you too at one point where you're. Yeah, I've had it happen a couple times. Okay, so let me ask, um, why would you go from something like um, Mint to something like Arch? That honestly is kind of the natural, what I like to call the natural progression of a Linux user. If you're somebody who is using Linux because you wanted to use Linux, you end up poking around in Linux Mint long enough. Uh, like eventually, you know, at first you kind of get in, you just get comfortable with working with new system making sure that it isn't too different or for anything that is different you used to it you then would maybe then you know start poking around in some of the deeper things or maybe really start getting into using the command line and stuff well then suddenly you're going to realize that hey i want to do more i want to try like a whole bunch of command line stuff if you have a good enough computer at that point then i'd recommend you picking up uh, either virtual box we're going through the setup process of setting up qemu and kvm that's like Kernel virtual kernel based virtual machines. It's a lot better than VirtualBox for the sake of performance. But VirtualBox is user friendly. 
KVM, it takes just a little bit of command line setup and it's ready to go. And I would boot in, and that's where then you could boot into Arch Linux, and you could really see what it's like to really run a command line. Because you've got to sit there and take your operating system, and you got to take it, and you got to know how to, and you either got to follow a guide, or you happen to read it enough times, and you can do it by memory. Just sit, and you got to piece your system together. I I was going to say this too. Like, the thing with Arch is, if you're ever stuck on something or you can't find a package, there is always the Arch Wiki. There's the ArchWiki and the uh, Arch User Repository, which is basically the community repository of just an absolute shit ton of software. And they are probably the most helpful resources when going to to Arch. I shouldn't say probably, they are. Um, I was going to say, the thing with Arch is they have the ArchWiki. Arch Linux with the ArchWiki, it is one of, probably, honestly, I would argue it is the best documented Linux distribution out there. And then there's something like Void, which is... It's what? documented well until you start getting into the, like, nitty-gritty. Then it's kind of, uh... You're kind of free-balling. And, and they're both very minimalist installs. Arch is one of those ones where you're in such a... You're still in such a popular space. You can make it minimal very easily. But at the same time, it's also very easy to get in and make, literally set it up like you might have had when it's meant. Um, I will say, like, right off the bat, like, um, that was one thing I was always worried about with Linux was, or with Arch, was I really knew nothing about it. Like, I heard a lot from you. Yeah. Where it was, you know, you sh- you should try it at some point, <coughs> and I I did. But for the use case that I had, you know, it just wasn't right. Um, so yeah. I ended up switching to I believe it was Linux, Mint or Ubuntu. You had tried day. Ubuntu for all of about a couple of hours and said fuck it, because it's just like <laughs> super, it's super below like, yeah. There's the minimalist like. There's a minimal installation. Garden is because of the fucking snaps. It's because of the fucking snaps. Okay, so what? It, okay, just in case we refer to this in the future, what is a snap? Snaps are basically like okay. So the company behind Ubuntu, by the name of Canonical, they thought it was a genius idea to make this thing called Snaps. And well, in the beginning, it was a looking to be a pretty promising thing. Nowadays, people are now going in and poking around with all of them and whatnot and the only thing that people can admit is that they run like shit so their first boot up takes forever half the time so in linux what are some package managers that you'll run into because i believe snap is actually a package manager or one technically of- yes it's technically a package manager it's not quite like the, the full-on like repositories and shit but uh usually gonna run into a- apt or apt which, or you're gonna run into Pac-Man. Yeah, Pac-Man is what what. Uh, and literally, Pac-Man is what it sounds thing. like. You know, little 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 guy going across the screen, Waka Waka. <laughs> That's the joke that I I would make when I hear it, just Waka Waka. Yeah, yeah. Um, like it's literally Pac-Man. And then you start you can start getting off into different areas like BSD and Void Linux and stuff like that. Where they've got either they've they've both got their own ways of 
doing package management and whatnot. With, with Voyager. Which I think BSD is PKG, if I'm not mistaken. And then, and then Void is loosely based on that BSD structure with XBPS. Yep, I was going to say, I was just going to say, uh, Void Linux uses XBPS. Um, yeah. To make things easier for running commands, there is such a thing as like aliases, much like... So you could literally like create an alias that was like update, and it would just run the update command, which I need to go in and change my... Um, because I'm one of those people, I'll store something on GitHub just so I have a backup of it somewhere. Um, I've yeah. actually got a list of, you know, aliases and commands that will run. The commands will run every time I start up the terminal. So um, something that is very useful for looking at, like, basically a Windows task manager is what I'm going to liken it to. Is NeoFetch. NeoFetch really doesn't work as a task manager. Well, it's wait, just more of a cool what, little fancy graphic that you okay. can get when you launch a terminal. I, well, I was going to say, doesn't it also give you like system spec information? It does, yes. And while in a way, yeah, I guess like, it kind of is and it kind of isn't kind of thing. That's kind of what I was thinking. I shouldn't have said task manager. I just should have said that. You should have said the performance tab of task yep. manager. <laughs> that's what I meant. I'm sorry. Um, so, like, there's actually a few different tools to look at, you know, performance-wise. I think there's HTOP is one of them. Please tell me if I'm right or wrong here. I don't have nearly as much Linux experience as uh, Jesse, but there's HTOP. HTOP is the most popular of the bunch without going into graphical interfaces. But I, it's all ba Well, I mean, it's got, got a quote graphical interface, but it's based out of your command line. But I do like, you know, actually... For me, There's a more basic kind of... version, just called literally just called top. Not very readable to somebody who doesn't know how to read it, but it's kind of nice if you're just too lazy to literally type out a command to install HTOP. And I, I and you can get into fancier shit like BPY top and stuff like that. I prefer something like NeoFetch just because it actually has an organized list and it will tell you what's what. And I'm like, okay. Oh well, yeah, actually... but HTOP is a good one where you can get in and you can see how your system's running, but it's also working as a task manager because you can go in and actually kill things through HTOP. HTOP has saved a fucking like program freaking out a few times for me. I was going to say HTOP is more akin to basically it has the functionality of a task manager. I think is, in a sense that... that's what it's actually supposed to be because I think even like plain old top is supposed to work as a like a task manager, but I don't use it for task managing. I do usually just pull up HTOP. Um, so I want to ask. Uh, so why do we never refer? What's the difference between Unix and Linux? I don't remember the exact. Can I say? Because I heard Unix tossed around. I'm going to look this up for myself. I found it right here. Differences between Linux and Unix.
Linux refers to, okay, so this is according to softwaretestinghelp.com. Linux refers to the kernel of the GNU Linux operating system more generally. It refers to the family of distributions, and Unix refers to the original operating system developed by AT&T. Yeah, I've got one here who's got a little bit more into it. So Linux is an open source multitasking, multi-user operating system. It was initially developed by Linus Torvalds back in 1991. Linux OS is widely used in desktops, mobile, mobile devices, mainframes, etc. Whereas Unix is a multitasking, multi-user operating system, but is not free to use and is not open source. It was developed in 1969 by Ken Thompson, by the Ken Thompson team at AT&T Bell Labs. It was widely used on servers, workstations, and etc. Following are the and then there's uh, some differences and whatnot on this list. So the biggest difference between Unix and Linux is the open source. Yeah, and, Unix isn't open source. And people will say, well, what about the server? There are distributions for servers. Ubuntu has a server distribution. Yeah, there's Ubuntu server, which actually isn't half bad. So if I run a Linux server for let's say I'm working on a project and yeah if you actually want a decent if you want a decent like uh like server to run Ubuntu server is really not a bad option hell I might get a I might have this machine I might get this machine I could actually it. actually I could point you to a YouTuber that could teach you quite a bit about Ubuntu server so I'm gonna explain what I might end up doing I'm gonna repair this desktop use it as an LFS and then get another laptop specifically for hosting like a Ubuntu server. At that point, why don't, you, why don't you just get another laptop and then use that laptop as an LFS testing guinea? Oh, and then make the desktop into a server because then with, with a desktop, you can add more hard drives. Yeah, and I think I might actually need that. I, I've said my goal with this laptop, or this, not the laptop, but the desktop is to actually upgrade the storage. Yeah, um, you could sit there and get it running on whatever SSD you want and then just have like an array of hard drives set up in it. And people will ask, well, why would you want to have a server computer? GitHub has its own limitations. You can't do a file yeah. over 100 megabytes, I believe is the limit. Um, yeah, you can do that, you can... The benefits of basically running your own home server, let me put it like this. You can do stuff like that where you can just literally host your own files and whatnot. You can also sit and run a NAS or a network-attached storage so that you can just literally store all, all of your files on the thing. And then you can also self-host other things like Plex Media Server or uh, a website or really anything, you know? I think that's... Actually, if I... I hosted a website, that'd be pretty cool. Um, It'd be cool, but the thing is, your internet, your ISP, more than likely is going to start charging you for everybody who clicks in. I know. Um, well, actually, I'd have to do research on that because that would actually be very, very good for the business that I'm going yeah, to try. You could straight up just self-host your own website and won't have to worry about paying anybody. Yeah. Um, but, you know... Linux is probably one of I, I enjoy using Linux. I personally enjoy Peppermint. Um, 
I just enjoy Linux in general, to be completely honest. But like, if I had to pick a favorite distribution, I would definitely say Peppermint. Yeah. I'm a guy who just loves the idea that I can get on my computer, and if I suddenly want to change the entire look of my computer, I can do I look and feel, I can do that. Um, and there are, like we were talking about, there were, there are distros that allow you to do a lot of customizing, so it would be... Really honestly, technically, any distribution, you can customize it. You just need to know how to do it. Yeah, some just give you sort of graphical tools and stuff to be like, hey, click this button and you can change it to do this. There are a lot of resources, and I know this episode has has shown my ineptitude, but at the same time, you know, I don't know much about Literally, like if you're wanting to go into Ubuntu and customize it, you're not in a, like, niche case scenario. You would have the entirety of the Ubuntu community to go through, from like the Ask Ubuntu forums and shit like that. Literal documentation. Well, yeah, they've got literal documentation, and if you if you had any problems, Google it. I guarantee you, somebody in that community has had that problem before, and the solution's just there. Most. Well, go ahead. I'm done. Oh, I was gonna say most issues that I've come across somebody has had on Ubuntu because those are the most again it's one of the most I don't want to say it's like the most popular but it's probably I would argue that Ubuntu and Mint are like somewhere up there being the most popular in the desktop space but people will be like well Arch or this this one's popular and be like well I'm just saying like they're the most common that you hear about when you think I was gonna say, yeah, there's a lot of them that are popular. It's just Ubuntu and Mint have the most like synonymous popularity. And it, it, it's kind of you know, Ubuntu was probably the second distribution that I used for a while. Um, Ubuntu we, was my gateway to Linux. My gateway to Linux was Linux was to Mint, sadly. Um, yeah, and the terminal. Which, again, I do not recommend because the way we were taught, we had to compile using the GCC compiler and then zipping using a really, really long command. That sounds you like know, honestly, Now that I know Linux today, to imagine you didn't think about it, you could have just bash aliased it. That zip command. I, I wish that it would have... Uh, yeah, no. Um, so no, you could have literally just put, you literally could have just like bash alias one, two, three. Would have run that entire fucking command. Hell, I would put bash, or I would have aliased it as zip. Yeah. Um, also, Mason, we're sorry you haven't like had. What'd you say there, filler? He said it sucks. I just said that sounds like ass. I mean, because yeah. it, was, it was literally a command that we had to have memorized. Well, you could just use the up arrow to go through the command line. Well, yeah, you could do that, but then you'd have to. But if you've been if you've been doing bash commands for the last three hours, not gonna happen. I've got a GitHub repository that has a list of bash commands, (laughs) and Jesse actually helped. Like he gave me a baseline file, and I just added my own aliases. Yeah. Because I'm like, okay. Because uh, he actually 
streamlined, you know, restarting the, the system, shutting down the system, updating the system. I added in commands to open NetBeans. I actually added... Yeah, it's only like shut down now. I literally just put as SM. I you know, say, I it's, the, it's the simple things. You can literally make it one letter if you wanted to. You could literally have it as S. So let's, I'm going to open up my GitHub repository for it, and I'll read off some of the commands that I have. Uh, so we want Linux command is what I called it. Um, so in my commands, there's alias CP, which I don't think is, act, like some of these are not, in mint i've tried so like uh jesse gave me like the baseline that goes to reboot now which he did alias sr so for modern develop i did uh alias prog to open firefox i did ff uh for visual uh studio code i did vsc because I did a lot of, you know, development with VSC and NetBeans. So I did NTB for NetBeans, backup for TimeShift, and then I did sudo timeshift-gtk for the graphical user interface. And NeoFetch would start up every time I opened the console. But if you want to open NeoFetch or something like Neofetch or HTOP. HTOP wouldn't really be recommended, but... Well, I'm just going to explain how that works. Just put it underneath all your aliases. Just to make unorganized file. If that makes... If that's actually right. Um, and, yeah. So... I'm gonna have to change the um the update command again, I think. Probably. Because um Void doesn't use apt. Nope. So it uses it, its own XBPS, like I said, which is very much based out of uh, BSDs, but is also its own thing still. But like I said, I'm I'm always trying to find new commands that I can add. Um, but since a lot of those don't actually exist in Void, I don't think Mono would, Mono wouldn't work, Firefox would work, um, but that's if you're using, like, a complete, it would be really useful if you're using just a command line. Um, I don't know if there are distributions like that out there. Are there, Jess? What? Distributions that are just literally you using a command line. Technically, you could just do a base install of Arch or Void and have that same kind of concept. There really isn't a like command line based one I can think of without getting into the server space. That would actually, like, again, I might, you know, I don't know. But it's something that you would think about when, you know, it's something that I've just been thinking. If, if there was a command line based system, aliases would help a lot. I would, I would, I would imagine, I don't know for sure. 
but um, what are some of the more obscure operating systems for or distros for for Linux? I don't know why I'm calling them operating systems. It went. Somewhere. Um, I have any obscure ones right off the top of my head that are like do have a user base. Puppy Linux count? I kind of thought that one. Technically, yeah, that one's like that one's more based for like real old machines that have like say a dual core or even a single core with like a gig or two of RAM at max. Um, I I'm not even sure. Um, but I was really, you know, I was doing research into the different distros that were out there. And I'm like, typically a lot of them, like there's Man, some like these aren't obscure by any means. There's Manjaro, there's Debian, there's, God, I feel like Raspbian for Raspberry Pi. Uh, Literally, Jordan, if you want to fuck the minds of anybody watching this visually, go pull up Linux Family Tree. Oh boy. The Linux family tree is wild. All right, let's go take a look at this. Oh my god. Visual list, visual family tree. Oh my god. Yeah, the Linux family tree is absolutely fucking massive. I'm going to go to, to uh, Wikipedia. There are a few, like, dead linux distribution there's quite a few in this gigantic fucking tree i'm i'm i think we were talking about like uh, centos and you're like why would you use centos because it's a now dead project Real. Oh, oh my good god what i opened up one picture of the family tree and it's opened up an entire string there, okay, so if we were going to look at Debian-based distributions, according to uh, Wikipedia, which take with a grain of salt, there's Astra. There is, uh, I'm just going to call it Boss, because I don't know how to pronounce it. There are, like, there's Deven, or Deviant. Is it deep? Deepen. Uh, let's see. There's Dream Linux. There's spelled D E V U A N. It's Devwan. 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 What it was was back in the day when System D was coming around, people didn't like that idea, but they still wanted to use Debian. So the nice thing about open source software, you can just fork the project and run your own shit. Mamo, a development platform for handheld devices such as the Nokia N800, N810, and Nokia N900. Bruh. Okay, here's, here's <laughs> a, a, a question. Is there a Linux-based phone operating system? Android. Shit, I forgot about Android. Android, Android, yes, is loosely based off of the like Linux kernel, 
But if you want actual Linux, there's a few out there. There's Sailfish OS, uh, Ubuntu Touch. There is the guys over at Librem with uh, Pure OS. And I think there's one more. And I, I think there's a couple more, actually, but I don't remember what they are. So. Technically, your ARM and based ones could run on it too, on a phone, too. I was going to say, I've, I'm looking at the list, and there are some some uh, distributions that Jesse and I have talked about personally. And it's Tails. Tails OS. Uh, very much a. Security and and a and a fuck. I can never say the word properly half time. It's a distribution that really focuses on your anonymity and your security because it literally runs the entire operating system through uh, the Tor network. So. Oh wow. Yeah. And for people that are wondering, all on your computer, you install on a flash drive. It's a live OS. So, okay. but it was like, say, say that say that you're some dude who's doing some big drug ring or some shit. Don't yoink that fucking flash drive out of your computer and smash it on the table. What the fuck? They would never know that you. Something they're saying that you might have, but there'd be no way to prove it. They, they can't physically prove that you were El Chapo. So yeah, I was. I was gonna say for people that are like, is there a Sonic OS? There is. Yes. It's Jordan has looked into it. It's actually developed, ironically, by Microsoft. Which is hilarious. Sonic OS. Did I hear that right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm actually, just asking. Let me let, yeah. Developer, Microsoft Corporation. So, yes. Um, Sonic is an actual operating system and here is the definition software for open networking in the cloud okay so and (laughs) i i think when jesse first told me about tails i'm like is there a sonic distribution Jordan, it was immediately <laughs> i was like you know tails OS is pretty cool sonic os <laughs> like you disregarded what i was saying it was like is there a sonic os <laughs> then there's something like cubes if you want to explain how that works that <sighs> <clears throat> You're not looking to hide yourself from the forensics, but you're looking to make yourself as unhackable about as as you can be, so long as you have good OPSEC. Cubes, quite literally, their aim, and they're getting closer and closer as the days go by, they're looking to make your entire operating system run in virtual machines. That would be amazing. It is a security lover's wet dream. Even right now, with uh, 4.1, a lot of it is still virtualized. They're just looking to virtualize even more. I think right now their main focus is to virtualize your graphics driver. 
boy. I Yeah. They're looking to virtualize literally fucking everything about this operating system so that it is a security lover's wet dream. Um, Sonic 2. I'm gonna look at and see what, because my brain was like, oh, when's... I got thinking about the Sonic movie that's coming out here soon. It's coming out in like two months. I yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I won't be seeing it. I... If I do, if I do see it, I'm gonna be pirating it. I just want to see like. You mean you'll be acquiring it totally <laughs> legitimately? I'll be uh, yes. Very. All I do is legit. Yeah. So you totally would not connect to a VPN and connect to like Switzerland or Spain, and totally would not go on like the pirate bed. <laughs> no, no, no. I that would, that would be, wrong. be see that would be illegal. I do not. Yeah, I'd be wrong. You would never do that. <laughs> I do not. I've never done anything illegal, man. Why I would do you not say? approve piracy. Mm hmm. I actually don't. So. Um, yeah, I, I just saying that if I did it, it would be an accident. Uh huh. Jesse will confirm this. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm actually like, I want to see what they do with, with uh, Eggman or Robotnik, because they're I, just gonna put a fat guy there. No, it's actually fat guy with a beard. It's Jim Carrey. Oh, it's Jim Carrey. Um, I'm actually curious to see what direction he takes the character based off of what I've seen. I think he's going to do an excellent job. Or should I say an egg-cellent job? But I'm tis. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to. <laughs> I had to. I'm sorry. Um... <clears throat> Cause like I was I was like rewatching the old like the first Sonic movie, and I was like, Carrie as Robotnik, he killed it. He did. He did a fantastic job. I think that was actually a good casting choice. But anyway, um, shit. I'm trying to think of other. Things that I've I've come across with Linux. Um, hmm. I I guess I could ask you this question, Jess. And I know I've asked you this personally, but are there any other distributions you've kind of been watching, in terms of? <laughs> I don't remember what I answered with, to be completely honest. I don't even know like what. Um, what new Linux distributions there are. I know recently, like within the last few months, Peppermint 11 launched and they made the switch from uh, Ubuntu to Debian. Uh, oh yeah, Peppermint, yeah. Yeah, because we, like, we had talked about it and I'm like, I remember, like, running it on a, a VM and being like, oh, um, Peppermint switch from Ubuntu to Debian. 
And I don't remember, I think we've talked about it a few times, like, what advantages would it, would it pose to switch from something like Ubuntu to something like Debian or Manjaro? You mean Arch-based? Um, yes. When it comes to doing that, it's like, because the problem that, um, that, that canonical spacing now is because they think that snaps are so much the freaking future that they're letting their main base packages just deteriorate. They're starting to become unstable. Whereas the Debian guys are like, yeah, they're dumb. Don't worry. So can I ask for clarification on what you mean by unstable? Because unstable to me means it's working, but by only a thread. Like, it's just barely. They're the ones that tell what's happening, Jordan, is they're starting to get there. To where Their base packages are on the decline right now. And don't they have a new version coming out this year uh, for Ubuntu? They have a new LPS coming yes, out Yes, they'll be releasing 22.04. And I am probably going to boot that up into a virtual machine. And also for your excellent joke, Jordan. Hey, I'm sorry. I had to. I, I had to pick the spot. Oh, um. Speaking Jesus. Of, speaking of Sonic. With the same soundboard, if I really felt, if I really wanted to be a jackass, I could, I could there... get him. I could get Jordan banned in no time. No. Please I don't. won't do that. So there is a speaking of Sonic. Going back to that, there is Sonic. Okay, I'm gonna share this in the the um, the podcast recommendations for episode because I do want to touch on it. So I might stream it sometime this week. Uh, where is the topic suggestions? There it is. I'm just gonna paste the link because. When you talk about Sonic Extreme, it could be anywhere from the Saturn prototype to a different Sonic Extreme for um, the console two generations ago. Um, and then there's Sonic Extreme Unity, which is a re like I, I want to say it is taking the Sonic Extreme for the Saturn and remaking it in a modern engine. So I do want to give that some attention because that's that's really cool. Um, and I saw a video on a, a Christmas update. Yes, it's two days late, but it's still interesting to see. <coughs> um, but anyway, back to uh, Linux. Um, something that I've learned with game development on Linux, the tools you have are unlimited, like in, in terms of if you want to make something from scratch, you very well can, but if you want to use a game engine, that's going to be kind of tough with some compatibility. Um, Unity, I don't know if it has Linux support, and I'm not going to try a real engine on a Linux distribution, but you can make games for Linux in Unreal and uh, Unity. Watch Unreal Web get so fucking shitty that it just uncompiles your kernel for you. 
stop it <laughs> don't give me that i don't want to deal with that um i i i hated like basically getting games that were made in unreal to run on linux is a pain in the ass hey i've had to do it oh really um and it's it's always like Interesting, because there's a .sh file. The fuck are, who's doing that? Oh, that fellow over there breathing. Oh, let's see. Oh, did my mic, my mic settings must have changed. Yeah, they did. Oh, so nice. without, heavy, without heavy breathing, I'm assuming he's got something there pulled out. Oh. What's that? With some heavy old breathing there. I'm kind of wondering what you got pulled up on that computer screen. <laughs> I know it ain't that because I know you're just as fucking fat as I am, so. <laughs> That's what I got pulled up. Ah, okay. What is it? <laughs> it's, it it's the sheer amount of stress off the focus. Oh. oh, fuck. He's playing a game. No, I just know that you're a fellow fat man, so. What? I forget because it's also picking up. What game is hey, this? I enjoy how fat I am because. That means I ain't got to worry about bitches want my money. Mason, I was going to say, you can't worry about being cold. What game is that, this that you're playing? This is Lost Ark. Oh, I want to be sure because it's just picking up the audio. I'm not really like sharing the Discord call, but it is picking oh. up the audio from the the game. But he is playing a game in the background and it looks like something that seems very stressful. It's it's just Lost Ark. It the end games are a bitch. And then there's then there's Dark Souls, which I've been playing a lot recently. Well, not a lot, but I've been playing recently, and I ugh. <laughs> um. Ah. I, I hate Dark Souls. I should get fatter. What? I said I should need. I should get fatter. Why? Because mm, it's actually your health. I recommend not. For sport. It's okay. Anyway, um... Just like I'm an alcoholic for sport. Yeah. Anyway, um... It's, it's okay. Are we okay? It's okay to drink for sport. And it's okay to... I don't know. I forgot what I was gonna say. Um, so has anybody in here? I don't. Again, I I think I asked this before we went on the air. I don't know. Um, so in other news that I forgot to mention, Elden Ring recently came out. Yes. No, Jordan, really? Oh yeah. Really? Totally. You're telling you're telling us this now. Well, yeah, yeah. It, it's totally it totally hasn't been seen everywhere on YouTube and Twitch and you're t yeah what if I told you I've never seen gameplay for it how I wouldn't be surprised I haven't played it at all I, I or, or do I not plan to play it I I've been watching Murglack play and I kind of wish he was here because I'd like to get his thoughts on Elden <laughs> I think he's, from what I've seen, he's enjoying it so far. 
I'd say he's probably fucking loving it. I just can't wait for him to play Contra. <laughs> yeah. You know the how Dark Souls in the last age. I I was gonna say this. You know the meme that this is the Dark Souls of whatever genre. Yeah. Dark Souls is the Contra of RPGs. Dark Souls is the, is the Contra of the modern age. Yes. Um, except there's no Konami code. Well, that's just called that's just called a mod trailer. <laughs> um, it's basically the same thing. Um, honestly though, like, okay, so for people that are like, well, you've been playing a water. You've been playing Dark Souls on this Twitch channel for a while. It's like, yeah. Do you want to know how that started? I made a deal. I made a deal with Murglak that if he played Contra, I would play Dark Souls, and he wants me to finish it, so, ooh, that's going to be a long stream series. Um, but, like I said, I, I've been playing it a little bit, and I haven't a clue what I'm doing. I just know that it's going to be interesting. Um, another game that I need to, you know, play again is Skyrim, which is what, you know, out of all the Elder Scrolls games, I, that's the only one I've really played. Um, shit, I'm just trying to think here of, like, anything else. Um, Hello? Well, I hear him. What'd I do? I, I just heard Jesse walking. Or I heard something on Jesse's end. Hello? What? What? I don't know. I don't know either. I just I got just... back from getting my water. I don't know what the fuck happened in 30 seconds. <laughs> Everything happened. Fuck for all I know, Mason dropped the gamer word on you. I have. <laughs> what the fuck? No, Jordan would be a lot more pissed. Jordan said it too. It's okay. Wait, what? <laughs> I'm so confused. I want you to think, Jordan. What's that funny word that we all, that I usually use to be funny? Well, it's called the gamer word. Oh. I did not. Yeah. I think you did. No. Anyway. After awkward silence. Um, oh. Shit. I don't know. Um, what are, like, what are some Linux-based games? Like, some Linux-native games, I should say. Not Linux-based. Linux-native games? Well, it depends what platform. If we're talking on, like, on, like, Steam, only one that I can think of off the top of my... Two that I can think of off the top of my head are... Um, Black Mesa and Golf with Your Friends. Um, so would they have, like, the Steam OS plus Linux system requirements, or...? No, just so long as you have Steam installed and you're on Linux, 
it, rec- it recognizes it because I think Proton kind of interacts more with like, I think it's somewhere like close to a kernel level. So it kind of just recognizes, hey, this is Linux. Okay. It's like, oh, this this is Linux. Okay, we know this. Um, yeah. I mean. Now, if you want like straight up like games that were probably made on Linux that are open, that, that are actually open source, there's a few out there actually. Really? Uh, Free Civ, which is a lot like Civilization, uh, Zero AD, which is a real time strategy, I think. It's like an RTS. It's something like an, I don't remember exactly. Go Google it if you're curious about Zero AD. And then there's uh, something like uh, Super Tux Cart. Yes, it's Mario Kart, but based off of all the free and open source software characters. Oh, oh. Um... So you get like you get like the Linux Penguin, the BSD, the little BSD Devil, the XFCE Mouse. Anyway, um, oh, 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 um, I don't know why, but like the thought of like oh, Ocarina of Time is coming to Nintendo Switch Online, ma'am. And I'm kind of like, was it Ocarina? Oh, no, it was uh, not, not Ocarina of Time, but there was Mask. Yeah, MM. Yeah. Thank you for the reminder. Yeah. That that was not Um, If it ends up anything like what Ocarina of Time ended up like, I could give a shit less. Um, and let's just explain what we've heard about like how bad it was. If you want to know how bad Ocarina of Time for the Nintendo Switch was, uh, you can head on over to the YouTube channel that's ran by by a man known online as ZFG. He's one of the Ocarina of, he's one of the most popular Ocarina of Time speedrunners for quite a few categories. Uh, he had a few videos covering Switch OOT. You can go watch those, and he goes over all the things that's like shitty about it. And well, some things up normal. Casual like normie wouldn't realize. It's still something that I think would you you wouldn't realize, but it'd be affecting you. I was gonna say like um it probably wouldn't phase me because I just I haven't played Ocarina of Time in any form, whether it be N sixty four or three DS what have you, in years. I was gonna say I was gonna say yeah, you haven't played it in years because you had you did play it in the three DS. I I actually own it. I own both OOT and MM on three DS. Ah okay. Yeah, you remember the you remember the Forest Temple? Shut up. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. He got stuck in one puzzle for like an hour. Shut up. Hey, I'm terrible at video games. Hashtag Jordan sucks at video games. How did that even start? I forget. Skyrim. Oh, fuck, that's right. Bro, how do you suck at Skyrim? It wasn't really that. It was just the fact that it was just something I just said. I just said, and it kind of stuck. Like, it's not that I, like, I just like to explore. For me, it's like I have no idea where the fuck I'm going, especially if I was, because I was live streaming, and I'm like, I don't know where to go. So I'm just gonna run around. And that's honestly kind of that's actually kind of the like entire charm of Skyrim is that just like if you wanted if you want to experience the story, then stick to the quests. If you just want to experience Skyrim, 
kill lost. Go fuck off for a while. <laughs> and then there's something like Fallout. Which is Fallout's kind of the same way, but Fallout has a very set, like, there's boundaries as to what's a high-level zone and what's not a high-level zone. I was going to say, then there's 76, like, completely bombs. Then there was a shitty 6, I mean 76. When when, uh, when Jesse used to play Fallout, I'd be like, you playing Fallen? Yeah. Um, For a while, that I was pretty addicted to playing Fallout 4 with some mods and just fucking around and... And then there was Quite literally, I was the terrorist of the wasteland. And then there's me that's just like, I'm going to go play something like Stardew. I remember scrolling through mods, seeing full auto fat man. I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> full auto fat man. Yeah, full auto fat man. I, I literally cue the John Tron meme. I'll take your entire stock. <laughs> and then... Uh... Well, Jesse would mod his. Uh, he would either mod your Fallout or Skyrim. I don't remember which one it was. Both. And I just remember the all of the above. I, Option D. I remember. <laughs> um, I think it was Skyrim. He had the Macho Man dragons. Yep, and I love that mod. See, I'd be the person to get the Thomas the Tank Engine. Dude, Macho Man's <laughs> just as funny. Because <laughs> you'd be walking around and be like, God, this is some beautiful scenery. And then just out of the fucking blue, just, Macho Man's coming for you! Ooh, yeah! <laughs> Off in a distance. You wouldn't want uh, the Flex Seal guy? I don't, I don't know. His Dude, name. If, they put, if they made Phil Swift dragons, I would immediately <laughs> download that shit. What about Billy? Now Billy that's dragon? a lot of damage. <laughs> That'd be hilarious to be like the fucking like breath launch sound. That's a lot of damage. About, oh shit. What about Billy May dragons? Yeah. Well that that then honestly, Jordan, I just wanna make I just wanna make my own Billy Mays. <laughs> and I would just put in this edited fucking commercial. Don't play it. I won't. I would put the edited commercial I have in on his dragon sounds. Um, and then <laughs> um, but no. Um, coming out this month, there's the like coming out soon is the Nintendo Switch Sports. They just because finished... Nintendo realized that their only fucking audience at this point is normies. Because all the gamers hate them now, anyway. I was going to say, um, it all really depends. But I, I even said this. If it made money on the Wii, and they're doing something similar to, they're like, I see dollar signs here. Yeah. Um, Ask EA about their sports games, what they've done with them. No. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan Wait, hates you're telling the burning passion. God. EA used to make auto racing games. Back in, back in, back in there. Now they're about to get bought out by Microsoft. Who isn't at this point? EA. Or no, that's fucking Activision. Why did yeah, I that's think fucking it was... Activision. 
I was gonna say who is Yeah, how much did they like sixty nine billion or something? Sixty-eight or yeah, sixty-eight no sixty-seven point eight or sixty-eight point seven billion dollars. Yeah. I was that wouldn't surprise me if EA got bought out by Microsoft though, because they're buying everything. Yeah, no, but they're, the thing they're, is, they're like eventually the government's gonna like, stop it. Eventually, yeah. the government's gonna be like, "All right." Because there's antitrust. Right, well, no, they're, 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 they almost slandered dicks on them for this one. Why are you using that analogy? Because I What's, can. Because it's an accurate analogy. <laughs> e- EA, like if EA got bought out by Microsoft as well, Microsoft it would be such would... a monopolistic move. Well, like um, honest, let's just be honest. Let's just be a hundred percent honest for a minute. Who does Microsoft have competition with in the gaming world? Sony and Bungie. Yeah, but are they? At the end of the day, they can. Well, oh, go, go Microsoft ahead. is making some of the biggest money in the gaming industry. They got Game Pass. They got. It's because they have gold and Game Pass and PCs with Windows licenses. and Yo, yeah. yeah, Microsoft is one of the biggest, if not the biggest gaming company around today. They yeah. haven't been around the longest, so I like that's kind of obvious. Well, yeah, I know. They, they, that's what it's called. It's called they came in, they walked up to the Japanese motherfuckers over at Nintendo and went, Give me your crown, bitch. So I I actually likened it to this. I said, think about it like this: Microsoft is the Nintendo of PCs. Yeah. Um. Don't. I don't know. I don't, don't know. Nintendo's kind of shit nowadays. I'm gonna okay. be real with you. I'm gonna fucking argue with you for a minute. Think about it like this: Nintendo and Microsoft both have a history of antitrust like antitrust lawsuits do not argue with me there Nintendo back in the 80s actually had an antitrust lawsuit because they were doing monopolistic practices which was not allowed that's that's not allowed no I'm just like when I think about it I'm like okay when people say well they're not as good nowadays think about it like this there may not be the, the gaming industry today would not exist in like the way it is. Well, then you have this. Then you have this situation with Nintendo. Hi, I'm Stan. Uh, I made a fan game based off of Mario. Uh, it's a really cool project. You guys should support it. Gets half a million dollars in support and whatnot. Nintendo, ste- Nintendo steps in. Oh, uh, we're we taking this project and uh, why are we get up your ass? They've been very. Why would you do that? It's just a fan creation. Because it's not copyrighted material, bitch. My friending, this is copywritten. Yeah. Yeah. Um, My friend, this is copywritten. My friending, you would be one million dollars. Honestly, though, I will say that, yeah, like they're not gonna be like the best because I mean they're always a step behind. I think more like I think more like they're stuck in the nineties yet. (laughs) Yeah, they are stuck in the nineties, my guy. 
Like, they are still suing for people drawing Mario. Really? Fuck, I actually didn't know. I wouldn't be surprised what? if they sued for fucking Mario hentai. Do not talk about that on here. <laughs> Uh What the hell? Not wrong. I know he's not wrong, but... Yeah. You know, it wouldn't surprise me. But, again, it's just... They, in terms of tech, they're always a step behind. Business, I don't know. Um, because think about it, a prime example, everybody was going to CDs around 1994. Guess what they were still using with the N64, which came out in 96? They were using cartridges, which was an inferior form of games medium. However, however, they decided to use something akin to a zip disk in an add-on that only came out in Japan because it released late enough in the life cycle of the N64 that it wasn't worth releasing here. It basically released just before the year 2000, which is when the GameCube was announced, and literally within the next year, the GameCube, the GameCube was announced, announced, and then two years after the release of the DD, it launched. I don't remember if it was a worldwide launch or what, the exact <laughs> but you know if you want to talk about nintendo being behind the times and people say well there were times they were ahead of the head of the time too you know with uh using vr or at least some form of vr or at least fuck how do i want to explain it the virtual the virtual boy pepe hell, laugh hell it was even before that they were doing stuff with 3d and shit back in the 80s and I know that's not VR but that was like their first attempt to try and do something with either 3D or trying to use virtual reality to sell a console Virtual Boy was fucking god awful by all accounts I mean it only sold what three to four thousand I think it only sold a handful of units by the thousands I yeah, don't know exact statistics, but um, in general, you know, I will say it's probably because of Nintendo that the gaming market actually bounced back as quick as it did in the 80s. Mm -hmm. Sega was a fucking joke for a few years. Um... The fucking Master System. That did piss poor here, but did very well in Europe. But that's because Nintendo, once again, was like, you have to develop... Oh boy, who's watching? What's the, the Master right System? The Master System is... Or was a console that was released by Sega from 1986 to 1989. Um, it did not do very well in North America, but it did very well in South America, like Brazil, and then Europe. It was very popular 
in those regions. And in fact, I believe it is still being supported in Brazil to this day. Wouldn't surprise me. What, did you just ask that question yourself with somebody who's curious or what? Somebody just asked, do I work in gaming? Oh. Eh, I make games. We actually, we actually have a wandering viewer. Yes, it's a wandering viewer. Do I work in gaming? Yeah. It's a hobby. I'm by trade. I am a programmer. He is looking to make it into a business. Yes. And that was just my ass. It was just a, it, computers are my hobby. What do you script in? I don't even call it scripting. I literally call it programming. I program in a variety of languages. C sharp. Java for as much as he hates it. C sharp. C plus plus. I've done a little bit of Python. I've done PHP. I program in French. Eh. And Russian. Well, you gotta do what you gotta do. But most programs are written in English. The Japanese. Well, yeah, but that's because a lot of them are English. But mm -hmm. I understand why he's got a. I understand why he's got a program yeah. and. French and Russian. But I'm also saying, like, most programs are written in English. Like, you program in English. They yeah. speak. What? Well, I do see use cases. Is, do you speak. I'm guessing that's saying, do you speak French or something like that. No, I don't speak French. The most I can tell you, other fella, is I can kind of count in Spanish. I can speak Span a little bit of Spanish, not much, um, because it's been years. Um, Spanish was not my favorite class in high school, so it was literally. I think it was the only. I. I have no idea what. Was being what? Said. They're talking about. Uh, do you want to look at the chat? Oh, I'm gonna sign in real quick. Give me a second. Because I have no idea what's being said. Um, somebody could translate, please. That would be great. Um, but no, I, I write. Like when I when I was listing programming languages, I'm assuming. Um, it's one of those things though, like with how the gaming market was, I, okay. Again, I wish somebody would translate this. I'm making my way in there. You just gotta give me a few. I haven't a clue what. What is going on? If I should be worried or not? Well, it's called if I Google Translate it, and it's something real nasty. They're getting banned immediately. All right. But um, yeah, I've I've done a lot of like I do a lot of research into like the way the industry was. Because you can easily see where the industry is going if you pay attention to trends. 
The only way you don't repeat the mistakes of predecessors <coughs> is by learning from their mistakes. And much like I am Vietnamese, French, and Russian. Okay. But I have no idea what those um Google Translate. But anyway, um I was actually looking into very early I will say very early mobile gaming because um it was just interesting because you see like Nokia Endgame. Why did that I'm not saying you did, it's just called that I'm making sure. Cause like none of us know French or Vietnamese or Russian. And I'm pretty sure you were speaking French. So none of us know like French. We know like a little bit of Spanish because that's all our school offered when we were in high school. I think Spanish was the only foreign language uh, from my memory. Uh, but no, he doesn't think you're do saying something bad. He's just double checking because he wants to like, I think we all both want to know what you say and um, just so we can converse with you. Nintendo sucks. I'm, it's a matter of opinion. You know, and if that's what you think, then you're you're entitled to that opinion. I have no strong feeling either way, because each company has both their pros and their cons. So, I mean... It got really quiet in this chat room. Yeah, I'm getting tired is my problem. Yeah, I've been tired. Yeah, it's it's been about, what, two, almost an hour and a half, two hours? So, we may, we may wrap this up. So, if you do like this podcast, you can check it out on Anchor or follow on Twitch to see more than just the podcast. Um, I, I'll try to stream at least once to twice a week outside of like what I normally do, which is program and whatever else I decide to do. Um, so thank you guys and gals or whoever's watching. Thank you so much. So we will see you guys later. Thanks for watching. Bye. Thanks for watching.